That'll be a fun episode, huh? Lizard people. Isn't that one reptilians. we've been saying? Yeah. You need to say it right. Reptilians. Oh, am I not being politically correct with the lizard people? Yes. Do you want to be their food? I respect them. Ha- Scott is, has been hashtag canceled from the lizard community. Reptilian. That's right. Lizard. Lizard, lizard, lizard. They're, it's all lizards to me. Yeah, but if you just say lizard, then frogs aren't included. If you say reptilian, because it's kind of similar, Yeah. even tadpoles are part of the family. In the, the the family tree, the genetic family tree of reptilians. Look, as you guys remember from the Bohemian Grove episode, okay, I do not have a filter. And sometimes, and I actually, I refuse to apologize for having weird and outlandish thoughts and phrases, unless it's actually hurtful to like a legitimate thing. I'll be upset. Most stuff, people are just very sensitive. But don't, if when you say lizard people, taking it out of the political realm, there can be lizard people in politics. But lizard people gives you a different image than reptilians. Reptilians has been branded to be smarter than lizard people. Like okay. lizard people couldn't control the powerful families in the world and they couldn't run everything. But reptilians could. That Just sounds... by saying reptilians, you're like, oh, they're smart. You, they, you know they're kind of scary. A lizard person is you'll you'll be like, I'll cut off his tail and while he's waiting to regenerate it. He won't, he'll be weakers. We don't yeah. look at lizards the same way as reptilians. Sound logic. You're right. What, what was I thinking? <laughs> Where was I? You got me with the lizard tail. <laughs> Makes sense now. Yeah. Good luck on that, using that rant somewhere. No, that, that'll that work just fine. <laughs> that is, uh, it, yeah, you know, I guess people could reach out if they think that we should absolutely talk about lizard people for an hour. You know, I'm we always know on board. We know Scott loves hearing about <laughs> reptiles for time on it. If it's lizard people, I'm down. If it's just lizards, I could care less. But reptilians even are better than that. Yeah. If you'd say lizard people, you find that on the, or low grade Amazon documentaries made by kooky people. But when you, reptilians, you're like, oh, Oliver Stone made this documentary on. (laughs) Scott's done. (laughs) I can't do it, Christian. Like get out of here with your reptilian! I can't. When take you it realize who's in ch- who's running the world, you'll be like, "Okay, Mister Reptilian, whatever you say." Yeah, that's what I'll say. Oh, in all actuality, and- Scott had to go turn our heat off, and it's a nice, uh, balmy. It was negative six when I got here, so yeah, it was pretty great. Roughly, it was negative one about four miles down the road, and when I turned the corner here, it was plus six. Oh, I'm like, what? Yeah, Did I just drive into another dimension? Because that's that a hot. big change for a short amount of... Scott's hotness I'm really warms hot. it up over here. I can't help it. Just oozes and radiates from me. No, you know what it is? Is because of the topics of our discussion, the government has to focus all their listening devices on this area right now to make sure we don't yeah. give away any secrets. So it kind of naturally heats up the area around this house. It's a like, healthy dose of radiation just yeah. beaming through this house at any given time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey there. Yeah, didn't see you guys there. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. 
this is going to be a fun one. Sorry for talking about lizard people for a few minutes to jumpstart this, but you know how things go here in the Freaky Deaky. Uh, today we are going to be discussing Bob Lazar and some of his, uh, are they considered out there claims? I wouldn't say they are. I think Fake. factual, 100% real claims Fake. from Bob Lazar. This is one time I'm 100% on Scott's side. Yeah. Yeah, it does happen. I'm no middle ground. We are against Christian on this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I call myself a skeptic, but I'm more skeptical normally. Like every time we talk about a subject, I'm I'm basically like skeptical. Yeah. This are time, you, though? You this, always seem so on board with it. That's, uh, you know, like there's a possibility some of these things could happen. This time, I think I'm going straight up skeptic. Just to prepare you guys. Okay. Well, this is the same man that was defending lizard people's honor not three minutes ago. So, you know, keep that with a grain of salt. Don't keep it no, there. No, I take was it not. With... I don't care about lizard people. Oh, Reptilians. That's right. See, they're, I keep forgetting. Lizard, yeah. lizard people don't get any rights. That's right. They're lizards. Yeah. You're going to regret that. You're going to have an apology statement in about 10 years when the lizard people have all the rights. So I have a and be like, we actually find reptilian really offensive and we like to be called <laughs> yeah. lizard people. So we are how people. dare you, Christian? And I'll be like, I aligned myself with the reptilians a long time ago. That's why I'm in a position of power off with your heads well, there or you tails. Go. Done. Yeah, I think we need to go had... forward with Bob Lazar now. Yeah, I We've definitely need to shut up about this. If you had a bleak outlook on the future of this world, don't worry. Christian just laid out the, the plan and it seems pretty foolproof and, you know, kind of peaceful, right? Off mm -hmm. with their heads. <laughs> so yeah anyway bob lazar hot button topic on and off over the years so let's just uh let's dive right into it there's an indefinable mysterious power that pervades everything i feel it though i do not see it that is an excerpt from living power by mahatma gandhi young india 11 10 1928 that is an 10. amazing quote that, i love yeah, it i really, it really do. is when we're talking about all these energies and different things and portals and higher beings, I just feel like this quote fits perfect because you can feel it, don't have to see it. And that's where I think we always are against Christian. You don't have to see everything mm. to know it's real. So but if you really like the accounts of one Robert Lazar. Yeah. If you really listen deep down at what I'm saying is you can still feel it if you don't see it. And that's where it gets hard to tell what is real at that level. That's where the work is, is trying to figure out, you know, that stuff you feel, because it is there. And that's more important than the stuff you see. Yeah. But what part of that is real? And that's where it's like, I, I see why people see the things they do. I'm not sure it's actually there or not. And that's what I want to know. Is there something there when it's paranormal? Well, if you really want to know, then when I tell you yes, there you go. You you know now. My brain doesn't work that way, Christian, though. It's welcome. like, someone just told me, yes, I we can't trust We need proof. Them. I have to see it. Some people are just that way. Christian's, My husband's that way. Yeah. He's like, I won't. Uh, he's like, yeah, I think it's cool hearing about Bigfoot. Like, cool idea, cool thought. Yeah. But I don't see it. Yeah. Proof. I'm not going to believe it. He's just a scientific person. So I always tell him stuff. And every time he looks at me with like this stupid smirk, and I'm always like, cool story. Yeah. I like the story. Entertain me. Christian but. is is so stubborn that we actually had to make a podcast to try to convince him of anything. Like, so if this doesn't work, I'm fresh out of ideas, man. You live in your little sheltered world. You know, don't believe in clearly lizard people or, you know, any other strangeness that, that's out there. Bigfoot, the, the whole nine. Sometimes I'm just here to provide a different, uh, different perspective that is very important when looking into subjects like this. Yes. It's to, to, to look at it from a, a more of a scientific view or a rational or, you know, just a simple view. But that's an important way of looking at it. Whenever you, it, even if you believe in stuff 
or you've seen stuff, there should be a part of your, your mind that questions the whole time. Yeah. And that makes you filter out some of the stuff that is ridiculous once you start doing that. And then you start focusing on the big questions, the things that really matter. Does it really matter if there's a flat earth? Yes. No. no. <laughs> I mean, we'd still, but you know, but there so you throw for out the record, stuff there like isn't, that. There isn't or, a flat earth. Can we just, can we all acknowledge I've it? seen yeah. pictures of it. So in some dimension, it might exist. Well, we're not talking dimension jumping. We're talking in general. I'm sorry. Speaking of dimension jumping, let's jump back into the Bob Lazar. Yeah, let's head back to... I will shut up for a little bit. I'll shut up for a little bit. Take a few steps back. This is what happens, okay? Yeah. Anyway, into Bob Lazar in our current time and dimension. Robert Scott Lazar is an American conspiracy theorist who claims to have been hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer electrotestorial. That's the one extraterrestrial technology at what he described as a secret site called S4. Lazar alleges that this subsidiary installation is located several kilometers south of the United States Air Force facility, popularly known as Area 51. Have you guys ever heard of Area 51? Yes. Never. Yay. I have a question though, and I know I said I'd shut up. Already. We're one paragraph in. Please, Christian. Scott. Yes. Do you think it's a coincidence his middle name is your name? His first two names are my dad's name. Yeah. That almost should be. And that's freaky deaky. (laughs) What? That? Okay, I'll try try to shut up again. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, (laughs) Lazar claimed. I actually didn't think of that when I read that. I'm like, Robert Scott, that's my dad. (laughs) Uh, Don't go at my dad, okay? I wasn't. I was at you. So is that really your dad's Robert Scott? Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to carry on your kid's name, people would be like, you named your kid after Bob Lazar? And you're like, no, it's actually after my dad. But yeah. <laughs> Can't it be both? But you could put it both ways. You're like, actually, deep down, I, I did yeah. name it after Bob my, Lazar. My dad would love that. He'd be like, I appreciate that. I'm like, well, dad, hold on a second there. It's 50-50 here, pal. <laughs> it's you and Bob Lazar. So, right. mm, you know, You're like, your he privilege. got the Scott from uh, you and he got the you know, Bob for little Bob. Yeah. yeah. Or it's yeah. just a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it that. <laughs> Sorry, China. We're just naming your unborn, you know? Yeah. No, she's a created kid right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Lazar claims he examined an alien craft that ran on an antimatter reactor powered by Element 115, which at the time had not yet been synthesized. He also claims to have read U.S. government briefing documents that described alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. Lazar's claims resulted in bringing added public attention to Area 51 and fueling conspiracy theories surrounding its classified activities. Hold up a sec. 10,000 years? Is that like where? What? Huh? Did you did you type that wrong? Yeah, that has to be some kind of right. Let me pull it back. Because I'm sitting. I'm like, I'm like, I mess with our audio. No, I'll leave it in. Oh, no. You know what? That's right. Really? I've never heard that. 10,000. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole. Okay. Here we go again. Yes. I mean, it's ancient, on the site that I pulled this from. Yeah, Ancient Aliens. Yeah. Why do we keep coming back to that show? But that is the Ancient Alien Theory. So it, <laughs> you've heard of it before. You just haven't. I've never heard it with a Bob Lazar thing. I've never but heard him talking about 10,000 years ever. Well, I guess that's what the aliens he saw told or passed down upon us. Or they have proof that shows that they've affected us. Be, 
maybe he's a believer that they changed our DNA. Yeah, I'm just saying I've watched a lot of Bob Lazar stuff and I've never heard him mention ten, like any kind of timetable 10,000 well, years. I've always I mean, just heard him don't mention. don't hold this take with a grain of salt. This is pulled from I the think old Wikipedia, sounds, yeah. but that I just pulled right the site up and that's what it still says. And it, it could says be 10, like, like, look, there's a possibility that I, you know, didn't hear it or didn't catch it over the years, but like that that's just fresh infra like interesting information for me well to and i digest. think wait till you pull up wikipedia and you see it's edited by me no. yeah. <laughs> edited i on. fudged it no no i wanted to get in scott's brain over here and bug him but that makes a lot of sense because there are a lot of people that believe aliens had connections to our ancient past and yeah but it's really also hard for us to to view back ten thousand humans ten thousand years ago yeah because our acceptance of time is more just three, four, five thousand years ago. It's hard to imagine anything beyond that because it's such a long time. Yeah. But we're talking about there being humans a hundred thousand years ago or something pretty close to us. So it's not, I don't know what kind of rant I was going on, but that's just, that doesn't seem like a crazy time. It felt time. nice. Yeah. I'll shut up again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. And here's Bob Lazar. Yeah, I as as soon as I read ten thousand years, I kept going because I, I like my OCD was like finish the paragraph. <laughs> then, but I knew as soon as I finished it, I was like ten thousand years. What? Yeah. Welcome to a glimpse of my life. Okay, Lazar's story has since been analyzed and rejected by skeptics and Christian and some ufologists. Mm -hmm. Universities from which he claims to hold degrees show no record of him, and supposed former workplaces have disavowed him. In 1990, he was convicted for his involvement in a prostitution ring, and again in 2006 for selling illegal chemicals. I found that part interesting. I was like, man, here's a doozy. A guy just coming out with some uh, claims about working. You know, reverse it. I, you know what I did? I reverse engineered spacecraft, yeah. and then bam, he's got some prostitutes going on here. Like, yeah, interesting yeah. But see, dude. That's a man that doesn't care about the rules and is smart as hell. Yeah. So he can do whatever he wants, and then he doesn't give a shit about any of the repercussions, any of that stuff. Like, to him, it was probably a joke and hilarious. I don't know. Or he's a criminal. Or he's a badass Christian. Why can't you view it from that perspective? He could be. Yeah, I think he is. Low-key. Low-key nerd badass. <laughs> There's a few. He's just one of those nerds that grew up and got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> are we going back? Are we talking about the prostitution ring? Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while. It does happen. <laughs> Stay true. Stay true, nerds. And then here's a breakdown of his background. He attended Pierce Junior College in Los Angeles, filed bankruptcy in 1986, where he described himself as a self-employed film processor. Lazar owns and operates United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies, which sells a variety of materials and chemicals. He's claimed to have attended MIT. Lazar alleges he worked at Los Alamos, where he experimented with the world's largest particle beam accelerators prior to working with the government at S4. This, those uh, accomplishments sound impressive. And before we dive into what Christian's about to say, what brought... <laughs> before Christian tries to derail this again. The, yeah. Um, so what brought light to Lazar's story was actually George Knapp pulling him to come in and talk and yeah. tell his story. And the whole reason Lazar said he even came out wasn't to bring his own fame, to get his name out there, but that he feared for his life. So he had had a few uh, run-ins with working at S4. The government was telling him, you know, you be quiet or we'll do something to you or your wife. And so he feared his life at the time. He thought coming out would keep him protected. Mm -hmm. It's and a smart move coming Knapp, to the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Knapp um, really pushed for him to tell his story. Way to go, George Knapp. So old George Knapp. This episode's MVP, 
George Knapp. He is. He really is. We give awards to people on episodes now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah. changing. George Knapp, if you're listening to us. Yeah. Here's your little nappy. You're the real MVP. Yeah. The first annual nappy. That's right. That sounds like it could be taken <laughs> the wrong way. And Knapp, you know, any of you have watched the documentary on him or have heard him discuss Lazar, he 100% backs him up. He believes this guy is telling the truth. Yeah. And is trying to share the story to help Bob. And taking it away with Knapp's findings will be Christian. Ooh, I wasn't prepared, but I am now. I'll give like, you Shut a up, Christian. Your time's time. coming up. Don't take ours. <laughs> Hijacking everything today. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're forgiven. All right. Knapp's findings. George. You <laughs> 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 took so long to get started on that. Then you said George. And then you're like, oh, messed it up. <laughs> Please. Sorry. Okay, so this <laughs> George. So this is George Knapp talking or just talking it. You know, I wrote this episode <laughs> so long ago. I don't even It has been a while. Yeah. It's not fresh, but it's now it's fresh because we're re this is great. Now we're actually touching on the subject again and we get to relive it and re experience the whole thing. So it actually works out. I think in this section, it's I'm sorry, folks. This is the jottings of my brain. I just bulleted no. really fast kind of submerged into one group and i'm gonna let christian take it away and nail it so yeah and try his best go yeah. for it I, I think it's written perfectly fine i i just don't think my brain is well, functioning. You should, like, functioning. a little more spacing in between and okay here we go <laughs> get all that finger rubbing <laughs> yeah. hand rubbing out just do it you really working up to this <laughs> okay George? you can do it here we go let's go <laughs> one two no <laughs> we'll get there peace. we even gave you the easy name this time you you nailed yeah. some like russian names yeah. and george. then you get george nap like, yeah it's like you're taking a nap there is a k and another n you know, there and here's the funny thing extra p but i've what? listened to george nap for years so this is like yeah this should oh, be yeah, in the you back of your coast mind to coast and i just don't know where like just how to, forget you read the word george nap you just okay. you can I'm even so skim it and put it in your own words okay Couple snippets of from George Knapp. There you go. That's that's where, a way to phrase it, and that's also the way I need to think about it. Los Alamos officials say they had no records of him ever working there. They were either mistaken or were lying. A 1982 phone book from the lab lists Lazar right there among the other scientists and technicians. News section shows the cover of Los Alamos National Laboratory phone directory, and then a list of names, which includes Lazar Robert. Los Alamos Monitor article 1982 is shown the date reading Sunday, June two times, two times, low with low resolution. 1982, with the title "LA Man Joins the Jet Set at 200 Miles an Hour," with a picture of a man with the car, with Knapp saying that it profiles Lazar and his interest in jet cars. It zooms in on the clipping to an excerpt which states, "It's not the car so much that's important." To Lazar, a physicist at Los Alamos Mason Physics. Are you speaking English right now? <laughs> Do you even talk, bro? <laughs> to, to Lazar, a physicist at the Los Alamos Mason Physics facility, the important thing is the jet engine. It's something he's been working on for years. It started a while ago when working with another researcher in NASA on the technology. We called Los Alamos again. An exasperated official told us he's 
still has no records of Lazar. EGNG, which is where Lazar says he was interviewed for the job at S4, also has no record. The news section cuts to Lazar, who claims he's called the schools he attended, the hospital he was born in, and his past job to get records, but to no avail. Lazar alleges his employer at S4 was the U.S. Navy. Interesting. So why would they be saying that Lazar didn't work there? What would the big cover-up be? Because they didn't want the information out. Or he didn't work there. Or, But what about the people that, you know, the employees there that were like, I worked with Bob. Yeah. And the fact that Lazar Robert was in the actual book. He could have been, I mean, I, I thought I've heard that he was a contractor. So technically he might not have worked at these companies, but he could have still been in the facility working close enough to them to where there's like plausible deniability. Yeah. Or he, either that or he is building up his position. So what about Mike Thigpen? He confirms working and remembering Bob Lazar and working with him at S4. Is this he, guy just going along with this dude? Like, like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to back your story up. Sure, I'll say I worked with you there. He's well, like, he's there too. And that's what I'm saying. He might have worked there, but he might not have been employed by the company so that they could plausibly say, nope, he wasn't here. So what you're he saying is- He could be is, contracted through another company to the U.S. Navy. What you're saying is his story is accurate, but his employer just didn't like him and just deciding to say- He budged a few of the details. Yeah. There's a, a possibility his employers could be lying, is what mm. I'm saying. I'm not supporting it, or I'm just saying that that is something I'm sure we're going to be going through a lot, is are we being lied to? And is it, there's a possibility it's the U.S. government. Well, here's the thing. Every time the question is, are we being lied to by the U.S. government, most of the time, it's yes. Yeah. But we're not Big always yes. right about what we're being lied to in this yeah, case. Yeah, sometimes, you know, blurred lines, Robin Thicke, but, you know, it would be time, within yes. It would benefit the U.S. government if Lazar is telling the truth to deny everything and to erase them from existence. Exactly. Which is what they were doing. Yeah. And like none of this, like the, the my favorite part about this entire story is like, I would say, sure, this guy, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, if he got, if he was so famous, he had tons of money, was living um, his best life. This guy has gained nothing from this. If anything, it's ruined his life. Like he comes back now and he's like, I wish I didn't say it. Yeah. So what's that, you know, ruining it, your name, ruining your whole life? Unless he's like a narcissist, then he's enjoying this notoriety, not really gaining anything financially, but maybe he's a bad person. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying in this case, just because I don't really like the guy or believe him, that he's a bad person. I'm just... That, you're just trying to poison the minds of our listeners to believe that maybe he's a bad person. I get what you're doing, Chris. No, I'm saying there is that we have to realize that he could be lying to us. Yeah. And yeah, that goes with literally any person you talk to in your entire life. They could be lying to oh, you. Oh yeah, we never know. Keep and that, and there's a possibility why he doesn't really need to gain financial yeah. um, success from this story. If you take it up another level to, in the conspiracy, is that the government's paying him to lie to us to muddy the waters, which makes a lot of sense too. That's if I w had somebody like that and I was in the government trying to keep secrets hidden from our enemies, that would be a perfect way to do it. That would be a perfect way to do it. So shall I read off some of these criminal convictions, get to some of the juicy hot goss that we've all been, been yes, waiting let's, for? Let's see. let's see how you do this. Man, I got a voice smooth as butter, man. I can get through anything. I haven't read this. Watch me nail it. But is it gonna be hard to talk about criminal convictions to somebody you look up to who do i look up to bob lazar i don't oh. think scott looks up to him i just think he believes him yeah i just i hear the convictions of an honest man and i stand behind them okay in 1990 lazar was arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring this was reduced to felony pandering 
to which he pleaded guilty. He was ordered to do 150 hours of community service, stay away from brothels. <laughs> That's okay, Bob. No, you, you got to work in the community, and you can't go to any brothels, right? What's your favorite? And undergo psychotherapy. That's ridiculous. Oh, everyone's uh, just talking on how bad he was for having a prostitution ring. Maybe he was just helping employ all the single moms. Jeez, how yeah, it's helping people out. Come on, giving all the girls a job. I yeah. can't believe he had to do 150 hours of community service for visiting a prostitute. That is like that's days you got to think about that. I know. I'm like that is a, okay, U.S. government. You're being ridiculous because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's like who cares? Yeah. How many people get away with having a prostitute? Yeah, uh, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Why do I need yeah. that? But it got brought into light, I think, to make the guy sound bad. You're right. Go against that's the story. Again, yeah. the media. Yeah. I, I'm supporting Lazar in the that's ridiculous right yeah. there. Or dude was just having there. a rough moment, wanted to have a little fun. Yeah, it's a power to the people moment. He should not but, be arrested for that. To oh, begin absolutely. With. Yeah. They're, they're, that just shows how badly they wanted to punish this man. Yeah. Like, that's I, yeah. It's excessive. It builds Wait, to his story. Did he get arrested in Vegas? Because, like, that's the whole point of going there for a True. lot of people. Like, yeah. what, the cops look yeah. the other way all the time in Vegas yeah. for that. I know. I know when. Until you piss them off. Yeah. When when my family and I were traveling to Vegas, it was always, I can't wait to get and see those prostitutes. Am I right, Mom? You know, I just I, think no. of Zach Galifianakis <laughs> and the hangover. You know, us guys running around yeah. the desert looking for strippers and cocaine. Yeah. But being in Vegas, there's billboards that ba basically advertise. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that bus that goes up and down the strip with all the chicks on the side. Like, yeah. Call this number. And they're going to arrest him for that in that region if that's where he's at. I'm like, okay. And the Playboy Bunny Club and all the different It's things. just not adding up. No. No, not at all. Okay. In 2006, Lazar and his wife, Joy White, were charged with violating the federal dole. Smooth as butter. Federal Hazardous Substances Act for shipping restricted chemicals across state lines. The charges stemmed from a 2003 raid on United Nuclear's business offices where chemical sales records were examined. United Nuclear pleaded guilty to three criminal counts of introducing into interstate commerce and aiding and abetting the introduction into interstate commerce. Wow, the government needs to come up with some smoother names for this shit. That is a lot of words for, for what they're talking about. Simplify it. I know from what I was listening up on what he was trying to create, um, wasn't he just trying to make like lab kits for kids? Like back yeah. in the day, they had these like, you know, get your own beaker at home lab kit. Mm -hmm. And he thought that was a great tool for kids to learn because like himself, that's where he kind of started out playing yeah. around and messing with science. So I think that whole thing was just a snafu over like, his kits going across the border and they made it sound again worse. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he was trying to, you know, move dangerous chemicals. How dare he? Well, he was just trying to get his business going and he well, wanna, I mean, I, it's going to be a hard sell to try and get a lot of parents to just open up with chemicals coming in your true. house. But well, here, here's I want to point out something. This is 2003, a year or two earlier. All those rules on interstate transportation of chemicals had just changed and gotten really strict because of 9-11. So all of a sudden, they're able to, maybe the law changed in that time and he, it, whatever he was shipping didn't matter until this time. And then all of a sudden he has to take, because of the, the Patriot Act and what we were so worried about at that time, it just seems really strange that whatever he was shipping wasn't that bad to get, on the terror, to get him on the terrorist watch list, but it was bad enough to get him arrested. And yeah, you don't usually little... hear about that happening at, you know, in our country true for something i mean these are two small offenses that really don't matter much yeah and they're getting blown way out of proportion yeah yeah nice nice observation christian <laughs> we'll see what else you learn 
United Nuclear pleaded guilty for three criminal counts of introducing into interstate commerce and aiding and abetting the introduction into interstate commerce, banned hazardous substances. In 2007, United Nuclear was fined $7,500 for violating a law prohibiting the sale of chemicals and components used to make illegal fireworks. I didn't know there was a law against making fireworks. And as, I know a, a lot of people that do that, Christian we, we, included. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just who doesn't about... like to just go out and light some fireworks off? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, Heather, do you want to, like, mention some noteworthy... Uh... So, these are just, you know, the inner workings of my brain, watching the documentary and reading up on him. Just stuff I found to be interesting. Open up um, that brain, Heather. Let us take a look. Trying to think of where I was at some of these. <laughs> Uh, trying to get well, in that just, headspace. They kept talking about Groom Lake, uh, which is a dry lake also described as a salt flat in Nevada. It is used to runways of a Nellis Bombing Range test site airport, part of the Area 51 United States Air Force installation. Do you know do you know what a dry lake is like? Isn't it like a big crater type thing? It's like a flat. Just Scott flat, and I yeah. both know because we yeah, live I've by I've never them. been to the desert for anyone yeah. listening. Like I've never been. Like I've been to... The farthest, yeah, like Nevada Strip, that's about it. And yeah. then, um, I mean, the Vegas Strip. And I've uh, been to California, like Sacramento, that kind of area. Yeah, Never been are, out to the desert anywhere. They're an amazing oh. thing just with the way they are. So that's... Oh, Arizona's my, like, one of my bucket list places to go. Yeah. I want to go and see all different places. So um, no, I just thought it was interesting because, like I said, for as much saying, like, he wasn't a part of this, I feel like for being government land and him knowing so much yeah. doesn't make sense. Uh, E.D. and G., formerly known as Edgerton Germshausen. Germshausen. Yeah. E.D. and G., formerly known as Edgerton Germshausen and Greyer Inc., was a United States national defense contractor and provider of management and technical services. The company was involved in contracting service, services to the United States government during World War II and conducted weapons research and development during the Cold War era from 1948 and onward. It had close involvement with some of the government's most sensitive technologies. So just, that's where, I mean, he's saying he was formerly employed. Again, interesting. Like, that's one that has, they have no record. Yeah. So for the businesses he was in, and then again, which I already stated, Mike Thigpen saying he did work with Lazar at S4. And that's where a lot of people are like, he's making this all up. No one can contest with him besides nap but think pin has said it but then coming back out and trying to get him i know i think on the documentary he wouldn't say anything so yeah is he being threatened is he worried kind of thing and i think the answer to that is absolutely 100 mm-hmm. percent yes probably probably i, I, I think he did work there yeah i'm not sure he worked in the capacity he says but i think it's very likely he he did work there in some capacity yeah I mean, that can't even be refuted at this point. Like, it's pretty, uh, that's common knowledge. For and, sure, he was yeah. there. And that area, on Area 51, they did have some, they did have contractors come in and work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did very different things. Anything from building stuff to serving food. They had contractors come in and work. Yeah. And they had to sign agreements and not talk about it. Another interesting thing I thought in the documentary was uh, when... Uh, you know, you've watched it, right, Scott? I don't know. Yeah, of course, I have not. Uh, when uh, he refers to them calling the aliens kids, the kids. Yeah, that was interesting. That was, I was like, kind of creepy. Yeah, but also, it was really yeah. creepy. Like, oh yeah, we just refer to them as the kids. That would make sense to me though, because yeah. I I nickname everything or everybody. Yeah. yeah, it would make sense to be like, 
It's just uh, weird listening to this guy talk and then just casually be like, oh, yeah. And they're like, what'd you call the kids? And it may, but these like guys. Like he's seen them or knows. I yeah. mean, then he talks about the one count where he walked past a room and he, you know, yeah. he goes, I don't know. Maybe it was like an emaciated person sitting there or like a dummy. I only literally yeah. saw a glance of it, but it looked like an alien. Yeah. He's come out and said like, it, it, I wasn't, I didn't get a good look at it. But yeah, to and me, he always that's says, what, He goes, I don't, I'm saying, yeah, like, I, I, no I know idea. I glanced. It was fast. Yeah. Knows. So interesting. Yeah. Um, if the documentary is on Netflix called Bob Lazar, Area 51 and the Flying Saucers, if you're wanting to, it's very interesting. Another part in there is um, within that documentary, you see Bob Lazar talking with Jeremy Corbell. And in the time they're talking about, you know, coming out with this story, coming out the documentary. And the next day, Lazar was raided again by the FBI and they referenced this conversation that he had with now or with yeah. Corbell. He was so. being tapped. So, I mean, he's still heavily followed and I find that mm-hmm. very interesting. Like, yeah, they're listening, they're waiting for him to slip up or say something like, honestly, in a few weeks, if something came out, like after the attention he's had with the documentary and with, you know, going on, um, on Rogan, like if he just came up dead mysteriously, like I would a hundred percent think yeah. something happened to him. And he's can, being watched. I you, think he's safe because he's released everything. Yeah. But you, you only s- get killed if if you have secrets. Once the secret's out, that brings too much attention. Yeah. I don't think he'll get killed. Probably not. He does have a lot the, of people going by his house and stuff, though, which I feel bad for. Like, yeah. I mean, and you can visibly see it. Like, when whenever he's asked to do interviews or something like that, dude said he gets migraines. He's yeah. stressed out. Like, he doesn't like talking about this. This yeah. isn't something that he searches out. Like, I'm going to go tell my story to everyone. Well, like, then you have the skeptic side going on, like, oh, well, he's saying that because that's his way of always trying to trip up. Like, when he, because, like, I've heard yeah. some people say during Rogan when he was saying, I'm sorry, I just have migraine. Like, I can't recall. And they're like, that's what he's pulling out when he doesn't either have a response for it or know what to say like he uses that as a crutch to yeah. say you know and that would be a smart smart route to take but, but like i said i just i don't see there's no personal gain he's had from sharing this story like it yeah. would be different if this made him famous and have money then yeah i'd say maybe you know he just had an idea and went with it got for all sure, his fame yeah. but he's having people drive by his house him it seems like him and his wife really don't do a lot they kind of hang in their own home you know, to keep to themselves, yeah. try and stay as low as they can under the radar because I think this kind of ruined his career, his, you know, reputation. Yeah. Well, there's a, in just recently a bunch of chatter about things that might support his, uh, his stories mm-hmm. about yeah. the U.S. government confirming that they actually have alien technology and yeah. they've had it for a long time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think with, yeah. when after he went on Rogan and then they came out with the documentary, that's when a lot of this just opened up back to Area 51. And oh, yeah. Well, people it, even in the last everything. week or two. Oh, yeah. Just constantly since 2021, you know, yeah. we started right off with. Even 2020, there's yeah. speculation. Is yeah. this the year? Yep. Wow. And I've been since way back in the first time, during the first time I heard Bob Lazar interviewed because I'm a long time coast to coast listener. Yeah. So I know Bob Lazar from the early days before he became. I mean, it was like a great story. And in that community, it was pretty popular. But now even everybody outside of that community knows who he is. Well, yeah. This has been something since the 80s. Like this yeah. is nothing new. He's been saying the same thing since the 80s. And it wasn't until going on Rogan on the, June 20th, 2019, when he, Rogan had him on and all his listeners, you know, millions, because Rogan has such a following, heard that interview. And then that's what started the whole Storm Area 51 yeah. got into that mm-hmm. you know he just brought reshed that light and that's where like people are like well it didn't get big until this and i'm like eh, 
was just not yeah. a lot of people listened to these topics back then. Or, yeah. or if you talked about it, you're just Looney. nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, you're that conspiracy yeah. theorist. Yeah, or, now, you know, now conspiracy theory is more mainstream than it used to be. Yeah, the time is now, people. No. That's why we got this podcast going. You know, we're all yeah, hip. Yeah. It's just, I find it interesting. Like, yeah. It's nothing that's new. It's just Rogan brought light to it and yeah. it's blown back up. And You know what I really want to hear right now is, Christian, you said that you had some like earth shattering skeptic approach to this right like you you were really looking to to lean into this so so tell me because so, you've every time we've brought bob lazar in this podcast you're like i've got a couple things to say oh, myself yeah. and i'm like and you've never said what they are so, so yeah like hit us with let's this. i'm giving you the floor man let's let's hear it i would say bob lazar fits perfectly with one of two things he's a narcissist or he's the perfect cover story for like i said earlier muddying the waters he is like the the richard Doty of Area 51. So so the options are narcissist or disinformation? Yeah, and hit more disinformation yeah. than anything. Because I feel that this story through the years has been so crazy that it's, for most of the world, it's un- unacceptable. And he, this particular messenger yeah. can't bridge that gap, even with the help of someone like George Knapp, who can tell, who's really good at communicating. Yeah. If you really want to discover a place like this and have credible information, you need to have somebody that can deliver the message and back it up and show you this, 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 and this. Yeah. Like Bob Lazar in that capacity should have been smart enough to have records himself that he can point to that will put the, that would put the government into a spot that they cannot deny stuff. And the fact that he can't do that or as smart as he is, he didn't think about that gives me pause in trusting him. Because when I listen to him, a lot of times he sounds like a very smart man, but he did a bunch of stupid little things that normally get criminals caught. Yeah. And I'm so that gives me a lot of doubt. You know, it's so if, if he was as smart as he was, he would yeah. have back backup. Can I just the first of all, as far as like the narcissist thing, for sure. OK, 100 percent for yeah. sure. Narcissist. But at the same time, aren't a lot of like people in that those positions more narcissistic than others because they're they view themselves as higher than most because they're scientists or they're super smart or yeah. they do this and that. Like, so it's easy to look down on people for sure. I'll give you that narcissist. Mm hmm. But the, the second, the disinformation, could it be a thing? Yeah, but it, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like disinformation. It doesn't feel like which would be a great disinformation campaign if it didn't feel like it. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about this story in particular that it's hard for me to just hop on board being like, yeah, maybe it's disinformation. And even I feel like you're not even fully sold on that. Like, I feel like you may not like the guy. There's a part of you that believes his story to an extent, right? Or do you, are you fully just, this is disinformation? At the time he saw some of this stuff, I do not believe that the U.S. government was dumb enough to keep this stuff at Area 51 because everybody that was anybody in researching or looking into secrets of the government yeah. knew about that place. So at the time Bob Lazar would have worked there, the government, U.S. government would have moved some of this stuff. So that troubles me. It makes more sense when he says he might have seen, you know, a human, but he didn't really get to look at it. It looked like an alien. Hmm. That kind of makes sense in that facility because there were they were dealing with, you know, plane crashes and secret projects yeah. out there. But at that point in the U.S. government's history, everybody, including the Russians, knew about Area 51, it would be crazy because the Russians were flying over it with their satellites every day to keep anything alien related at that 
facility at that time. The, wait, the Russians were flying satellites over there? Yes. To yeah. to keep the alien stuff? No, to, from... they, they were, every day, satellites would go over Area 51 trying to see what they were working on to the yeah. point where they had everything underground or they could only fly their secret projects at night so those satellites couldn't watch it. Yeah. At that point, the, if the Russians know that this is a, an ultra-secret facility, and then the rumors are that you got alien technology there, I just don't see the U.S. government keeping it there at that time period. So for you, that would that would explain the um, the fact that Lazar has taken friends out to this area on like Wednesdays or something because he said Wednesdays are when they fly stuff, right? And like, seeing yeah, those, he knows so it's like he inside. knows stuff's flying, yeah, because yeah. The, the people knew. But you and, think he's like a shill for the government or something? Well, and some of that stuff happened in Palmdale, where you and I grew up. Yeah. There were certain thir- certain things that were at Lockheed during the day being mm. worked on that they would only fly back out of there at night yeah, because nobody could see, including satellites, couldn't really see what it was. So that's that part is spot on. I believe him on that. You just don't buy that he's but just he's reverse engineering yeah. and doing this job. And or that that. he's coming out like saying this stuff on his own. I mean, I just volition. feel like his accounts, they're not. I mean, I, I could believe someone having a job reverse engineering alien spacecraft there's yeah. it's not like he's saying hey i high-fived an alien and hung out with them and i saw all these crazy outlandish things for the Just record saying i believe that too he was working within area 51 doing this job which i'm sure people are probably trying to reverse engineer a spacecraft like mm. well if there's a spacecraft we're going to reverse yeah engineer we're going to be trying to take it apart learn about it figure out what the hell we can you know use it for a weapon what well, we can I, do with it so, i can give you a story that will support this that the u.s government has actually done that uh, with reverse engineering, not with alien technology, but if they're going to do this to the at the so- time the Soviet Union, yeah. if something did fall out of the sky, they would do it in, in a second because mm-hmm. the Soviet Union had this new rocket that they were kind of taking around to a couple places and showing how brilliant their technology was, and they were showing it in Mexico because they were kind of courting Mexico at this time. I think it was the '60s. The U.S. government set it up to where the guard of this facility, because they were driving it on a truck till they could take it back to Russia. Yeah. And they had to park it overnight. And so all the people guarding it were in a hotel doing stuff. And they were able to figure out a gap of like 12 hours where it was unguarded. The U.S. government sent in a whole team. They totally took apart this rocket, which was huge, (laughs) and photographed it all the way down to every nut and bolt and then put it back together. And nobody knew. Just like a half a night. They took pictures of it. They knew everything about that missile by reverse engineering it within a few hours. That's and if you think move. about how much manpower that takes and to be able to keep it secret up until in just half recently, a night, no less, yeah. yeah. In a foreign country with the Soviet Union military right there. Yeah. That's crazy. So they if something fell out of the sky, we're reverse engineering it in a second. So is that, I guess, what you would think these UFO sightings are that people see these days? Would you would you say that maybe that's reverse engineered or do you think that's just good old smarts from the U.S. government? Like we're just playing around creating stuff and people just, oh, I saw a UFO, but it's really just the government working on something. Yeah. I think at Area 51, those are all government flights, government jets mm-hmm. and planes. Because now, where did they get the technology for some of that stealth, the stealth materials that they yeah. use on those flights? Where do they get some of the metals? The What the element Bob Lazar talked about? 115. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That, that is a very rare element. And I think it only comes from things that are outside of this 
world. Yeah. And it wasn't even part of the, you know, elemental system yeah. when yeah. he was talking about it. So yeah. the fact that it is now says yeah. something. And same like, thing again, him coming out and saying, yeah, element 115. Like, yeah, none I, of us knew that. From my understanding, the only way we find that element on Earth is in, in like a meteor or yeah. a comet strike. But it is in space. And people are talking about mining it yeah. in space. That's how important that element is. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Heather, where where do you land on this? You are actually you kind of gave spoilers in the beginning. You full on. Oh, I into believe this. him. Yeah. I I don't think anyone can come out with that that good of a story. And like every time you hear him tell a story over the years, it's the same. Yeah. He doesn't waver. That's what gets me. He yeah, doesn't waver his story. He stays with the same facts. And like I said, at the end of the day, what does he gain from doing that? Like he, he has not he gained anything good. No. He wishes he would have took it back. And so for being that smart of a guy, I wouldn't see him just spinning a story. Like I think he did. He is worried. And I think the government did do stuff to try and cover up and make him look bad, you know, because now people don't believe him. Did he go to MIT? No, there's no trace. Can't find his birth certificate, like that stuff. So I just find it interesting. And I, I think. Does he seem like the type of guy that would lie about Am I going to MIT? Because I think he does. And that's part of the problem there. And I think even people that support him are like, yeah, he does seem Who like- Who just casually can go with that though? Like, that's just like me saying like, starting tomorrow, I'm going to tell people I went to Harvard. Oh. Buy a Harvard sweatshirt, start walking around in it. Oh yeah, I went to Harvard, hung out in the hall, you know, this. Maybe. You just start learning stuff and go with it. Like, there's really people that spend that much time. Because to me, like, lies are exhausting and trying to keep up with it and keep your yeah. story consistent. Well, <clears throat> there are people, people that do that. But yeah, I mean, that's where we get narcissists, and, you know, yeah, wholesome like, liars. But that's part of the problem with this story is he is the type of person that would lie to us about that and that would undermine anything later on even if he's telling the truth there's always going to be doubt because he did this over here mm -hmm. and that's the problem with some of these messengers yeah is the messengers are the ones that can be torn down easily there's and there's a lot coming out about alien technology lately mm -hmm. so there's a good chance we could be in a few months couple years coming back and saying christian you should retract your statement on bob lazar and i'm fine with that yeah so do you want to go ahead and just take this moment to do it now i will not some time? because <laughs> that's too easy we need the evidence especially with something this that would change the world like this we need more evidence and we need to understand yeah i think the american people would be fine you know at first they'd be mad but if they found out their government lied to them most of like, them would oh. be fine because there's reason to lie about this if we're trying to, to keep it away from our enemies yeah that's our government protecting us because we already see where we're at with nuclear weapons mm -hmm. so you get better technology than that how close to destruction are we going to get by our enemies quote unquote enemies having this technology so i see why they would hide it if it did happen. But that's that's completely removing the possibility that a threat of extraterrestrial life could bring people together on the earth or supposedly do that. And it you could. Know. But if, say, you know, this isn't happening tomorrow. Yeah. And you're the United States. You better keep it from the Soviet Union because the Soviet Union yeah. might use that information you got against you. Hmm. They will take it like they took the plans for the nuclear weapon that were yeah. ultra top secret at the time, they still ended up with them and they were our plans. So, you know, if we get, if there is alien technology and we have it in our, in you know, if we have it somewhere, yeah, the Russians are going to get that information or they're going to try to get it at all cost. And, and it's hard when a country has that strong of a focus, like 
United States or Russia hmm. to hide that forever. But that's what I'm saying is it's you don't think that the the Russians would see that and their their first response would be like, we need to get this from the Americans. Right. And instead, they would. Instead of, oh, shit, there's aliens out there. We got to join forces with our enemies as common people. Like that would show the depravity of humanity at that point where it's just like. But there's no proof aliens are dangerous to us. There is proof that our enemies are. There's proof that en- Russia wants to weaken us and that we want to weaken Russia. Yeah. There is proof of that. There's no proof that aliens are dangerous to us. There's no proof, but there's stories of abduction and probes. But and there's, all also, there's also a lot of stories about the great advances they would bring to our society and how it would make us look past our l- the little things that we let divide us. Yeah. I think there's, you know, the abduction stories are scary, but when you really think about what an alien civilization could bring us in the right way of knowledge and the fact that most advanced societies are less warful than you well, know yeah. not advanced the more advanced you get the less you you want to have a war but that but that could also start with two people coming together over like, over a common ground you know it could it doesn't like in order for that advance to to get to that that point don't people have to first be at peace don't they first have to shake hands with their enemies be like hey we're all people we can get over this we can get through this together sing kumbaya all that stuff and then you advance together isn't that the way that would progress i think with humans it would have to be something that would force them to do that because you see humans come together around catastrophes a lot the only way they're going to actually come together is if they believe deep down that they won't survive unless they do come together and i think sometimes that's why it would take something really drastic to get that peace that an alien civilization showing up would probably just instantly create it at least amongst humans whether whether that that civilization was was going to destroy us or help us a lot of things would just stop because it wouldn't be russian and the U.S. and China, yeah, it'd be like, what do we have to do to protect this world? Or what do we need to focus on to protect this world? And what do you guys think about people like George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell who have dedicated their whole work mm. to, to Lazar? Like George Knapp has made a decent living so you think covering. he's just like, hey, I'm just making the money train off him. I'm going to say I believe him with all of it just to keep this going. No, I, I don't. I'm saying that there is a financial incentive, um, but I'm not assuming that George Knapp is doing it just because of yeah. the money. That's that's yeah. his job. And maybe yeah. he found a story because he's basically a reporter or in yeah. in that kind of business. But he, he was, found he was a, a trusted passion. reporter in, in, in Vegas yeah, during I mean, that he was time. Known and he was well, well known and he... he day one was like no i believe this guy and this is his story and get it out there and i think when you when you see him on a documentary there's a really great actor but i feel like he truly does believe bob you see the wonder and the conviction and same with like jeremy corbell like guy Mm. is a bit i listen to much i've listened to him for years and i i'm not saying that he doesn't believe him i feel comfortable that george knapp is on that train and believes it yeah yeah but to look at it properly, he also there. That is also how he makes his money, which is a fair question. That's a question we should always ask when people deliver. What's us their a, gain in it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is his job too. Do I believe what he's saying? Yeah. That and that's fine. That little bit of skeptical side where you're like, okay, he he makes money off this is healthy to have because then you see things or discard things that that matter or don't matter easily instead of just jumping on with everything that George Knapp says, because you realize where he's coming from. You're like, okay, I'm going to use my mind a little bit more on this one, which if you still believe the stuff at the end of it, you're still in a healthier spot by having those, those thoughts. I'm fine with George Knapp. I believe he's passionate. I believe 
yeah. he believes in the message he delivers and it's not a bad message. Mm-hmm. It, most of the time it, he's got a really positive outlook on the world and he delivers that. So I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's manipulating us. I just think it's like, I'm not a fan of something about Lazar feels really off to me. And so maybe my biggest complaint or skepticism is I don't get the right feeling from him. Mm. So I don't trust what he says. Not that he's wrong on some things yeah, or he hasn't accidentally hit on the truth. It's just a vibe you're getting. Yeah, it's but a even, vibe. Even Rogan, when he watched back to like his first one with him, he seemed a little skeptical when he first went in. He kept bit. kind of a, you know, even keel, wasn't much on what he thought. By the end of it, I felt like he was like, damn, I believe you. And then he has him back on and mm-hmm. I just feel like the more and more I follow Rogan or listen to his episodes, yeah. like he, I, he does 100% believe Bob Lazar. It's a great story. And I think there's going to be parts of it that are true. I don't know if we'll ever find out if Bob Lazar was actually there. So can we there, say that you, there. you think there's a lot of it that is true, just not everything he says is true? I don't believe he had as much of a role. As he says. Yeah. You think he was just like the background guy? Like- I think he might have been around. He saw things and he's very smart. So and the, the things he looks into when he saw something, he knew exactly what it was. Yeah. And I think there's, we all have our places. Like, I'm such a nerd about some things that I'm reading and stuff. And I've probably talked Scott's ear off different about different TV shows where I can see mm. something, but I'm so familiar with it. I know exactly what that is because that's what I read and study. And I think that's him. He is a smart guy. He has the Have intellect. you say anything with confidence? Did mm-hmm. you just you can spin a story? You yeah. compared yourself to a narcissist? No, I'm saying we all have that. That mm. area where we are so intuitively into it that you can make connections or like if you in this case, he's walking down an, a, a hallway. Yes. In a s- secret facility. He glances over and sees something that everybody else thinks they won't know what that is. Mm. But he understands it because his brain is able to know what everybody's working on and what this technology really is when everybody else just thinks it's nothing. Yeah. He's like oh my gosh, I know what kind of element they need for that technology. Hmm. And that is the only element that'll work for it. Yeah. None of none of the rest of us would know that, but he has studied the stuff that would, the minute he saw it, he could put two and two together. He doesn't have to necessarily be working on it, but he's still smart enough to know what the government was doing just by a glance. True. Yeah. So is I guess, you know, Heather kind of asked you if, you know, you believe it and you kind of danced around it. Which I always do. A bit. So I guess a fair assessment, I'm going to break this down for the people listening at home. A fair assessment is that you are 100% on board with everything Bob Lazar says. You believe him. You absolutely adore the guy. And there's there's really no question in your mind about what, what he speaks because you know it in your heart of hearts to be truth. Is that, would you consider that to be a fair assessment, a accurate description of your feelings on the subject? I think on some levels, you, some people might think that's a fair assessment. No, I was asking, yeah, I was asking if that's what you... I don't believe him. Mm. I don't trust him at all. We're going to break you down. Heather, ask him again. No, it's not going <laughs> to no, work. I believe that there... And there's a lot of things coming out in the last year or so. Yeah. Ask me a, a year or two from now, because there's a lot of information coming out that, if true, is going to take us to another level of understanding of the world around us. And again, I think with our first roundtable episode and topics like these, the more we're having these stories come out in the trending news, like yeah. if there's something that's crazy comes out about a Lazar six months from now, a year we're going to dive right back into this yeah. and right. be like, hey, you guys go listen to this episode. We're going to continue off. So, you know, like you yeah. said, it's a thing that keeps developing. It's not really going anywhere yeah. in the news that you might hear more. 
And I'm sure everybody wants to look, listen to an episode six months to a year from now and listen to Listen you to guys. Christian get told he's wrong. Listen yeah. to you dance yeah, have you guys somehow, say, I yeah. told you so, yeah. and me being like, yes. Oh, we're going to have t-shirts made for the event. Yeah, I really have to we like win. charter this whole parade, like a route through the city, just you know, flyers, symbols, everyone clashing, cheering. It's going to be a whole production. Week. You know, I, and I'm perfectly fine with having a parade for the one time in my life that I'm wrong. The one time. He's like, only one time it's going to happen. You guys yeah. are going to win. So yeah, I'm still going to hope that we find the big furry uh, guy and change yeah. his mind. Because I think that's a parade I can get on board with because I'll celebrate too. I'm like, whoo, I finally made the mortals. No, I'm just joking classic <laughs> yeah i don't know like we've we've talked about doing this episode for a while and it's been kind of on the back burner uh it's just always been you know something else come up or we do different topics and we write more episodes and it's like oh let's do this one let's do this one but i'm glad we this one it, it flowed really well and there's it was a, a topic that i think a lot of people are actually more familiar with because it's so popular yes because it's been on and off throughout you know the years well rogan the yeah. documentary bringing light to a lot mm -hmm. of it so it's more in the news but I think where Scott's kind of going with this, like we like to try and space it out. You guys don't want to hear five episodes about UFOs and space things. So like when we wrote this, we'd just done the one about high Shed and we were like, well, let's, you know, give it a few spaces. So we yeah. just kind of try and mix it up. I know you guys don't want to hear like 10 episodes on different entities in a row. So we'll try and bring a weird thing like yeah. Brittany in or something that's going else in the news. And yeah. And for sure, everyone wants to hear about weird entities. And if they don't, then I don't know, I guess maybe I'm just alone in the universe after all. Okay. You know, Try and give it a good space. You know, I know, like, even Beliefful Podcast does that. They were like, you know, we've done, like, five entities. Let's switch it up now to this. Yeah. You know, we just try and keep it freaky and deaky. You know, we're just weird over here and have a lot of things that interest us. Strange entity. Did you say strange entities or weird? Both. It could be either. Strange you and know, weird. Do you ever think if you just took a moment to get to know the entity, they wouldn't be a stranger Are we anymore? Back on I lizard don't want. Again, oh, dude? I was thinking just <laughs> like, a crawler popped into my head, and I don't want to freaking know those things. Heck to the no. You know, when no. you get to know their personality, maybe you get past the uh, physical characteristics. Okay, maybe like I'll we hang should. out with the uh, with the crawler if it can put some clothes on. Some that's, pale, emaciated, creepy I mean, little naked dude hanging in the room. Like, hey, bro, put a sweater on. Maybe we'll have I think a conversation. That's, that's fair because entities should understand we have different. We have a different culture where in our culture you're supposed to wear yeah, clothes when you're talking to a friend. Stop growling at me and making a clicking noise. It's yeah. a little yeah. rude. I simply don't know the answer to everything, Christian. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, do I sometimes you know paint these entities in a bad light? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I think anything that lets out a predator type clicking noise and growls at you it's gonna give off a bad vibe yeah it's not many times i'm walking in the woods and like oh hey hey buddy I, what you doing like disney the, character bust out in song with the thing yeah. maybe maybe he just needs somebody to care about him should i play some sentimental piano while you go down this one or somebody's probably like this skeptic is kind of a hippie i don't understand this it's all the peace and love man love. yeah no christian just likes derailing things with without their thoughts. I do the same thing. I ask you almost every episode. I'm like, so is it verifiable then that you are on board with this? And almost every time, well, I'm going to go ahead and correct that. Every single time <laughs> he, he says, he says, no, if you can believe it. So yeah. It's kind of like, Will. a little bit, but here, like, <laughs> I, I know that nothing weird happens, but I totally saw a UFO, but you know, it all makes sense. And it's all yeah. totally, but by working so hard to convince me, you are actually able to gain more knowledge into your beliefs and you're able to better judge what is real and what is not. Because when you're teaching, yeah, you learn the most. So when you're trying to teach me about this stuff, That's you're learning really more about the subject than you ever would have before. Sounds like something Bob Lazar would say, man. 
yeah. some narcissistic shit. You like think get a little narcissistic <laughs> in the room. Or, you, Bob, uh, or Bob Ross Narcissists know them the best. There you go. He's over here. He's just a narcissist. Cause yeah. I am one. Because you understand. Oh, my God. Just kidding. If you meet Christian, he's not a narcissist. Yeah. He's oh, a good okay. guy. Thank you. We Do I have like to put him. in another clip correcting something you've said, Christian? You are really bringing this podcast down. It's unacceptable. You guys, you guys remember what I put into the Bohemian Grove and how much you loved it, right? Guys, we do a lot of work here, so if they don't remember, go easy on them. It was only. I'm going to be completely honest. When when you guys listen to the episodes, we are just Christian and myself. Scott listens to them like 500 times. Editing probably gets really old, but I'm just as excited for Thursdays as you guys are. I drop my kids off at school, put the podcast right on, and listen to it. Yeah. So uh, there are times where I forget, you know, four weeks out, and then we listen to it and I start laughing, like, oh, yeah, hey. And for the record, Bohemian Grove hasn't dropped yet. No, so we're recording tuned. before that yes. dropped. But uh, you guys are probably, maybe, kind. I don't know. Like as they just said, they don't listen to things before it airs, and so it was a hundred percent on me what may or may not have been dropped into that episode. So I don't know your guys' reactions to what was added into that episode just yet. But I have a feeling you guys aren't gonna appreciate it nearly as much as I did. God I think for you might Caesar, see our group yeah. text blowing up because yeah, it's. Uh, I always love listening on Thursdays and then blowing up our group text with different things we hear and we all point out. There are certain things I will talk like, and I think this at the beginning of this episode is a good example. Sometimes yeah. I will just rant about stuff just to see what Scott does with it later. Yeah, it's like it's a I real treat. I'm just going to keep going because <laughs> poking the bear over yeah, here. He's because like, it's, yeah. And it's not always even poking the bear, but sometimes I get rolling and then I'm like, this is kind of, to me, it's funny. It may not be funny to anybody else, but then I want to see what Scott yeah. does with it because he makes it funnier. And the best yeah. part of me being behind the scenes is I think people forget that this is uh, Scott's father-in-law. So it makes it even better yeah, because it's literally it, his father-in-law <laughs> who he has to deal with on yeah. a daily. So uh, I, get to try and agitate him. So yeah, I get to roast fun, him every Fun family dynamic here. Yeah. Yeah. But, what was the name of that uh, award we had earlier today? The Nappy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scott Scott gets Freaky Deaky's first nappy award there you go. from us Thanks. for his editing and sound yeah. skills. You guys should probably wait to say that until Bohemian Grove comes out. <laughs> okay. Like do you guys okay, do you, are like, you going to uh, are you going to offend me? Uh no, well here's the thing. Okay, do you remember what I had to week in Bo- or why I pled my case for Bohemian Grove? what you said and then you guys were like no you should take that i should take that and i was like nah. yes i remember it was controversial we were worried yeah do you, you don't remember it christian it was you you said we said at you first said take something. it out completely yeah. and oh. then when we went inside before we left for, after recording yeah. scott was like hear me out will you be mad if i put this in I but said, i'm going yeah. to i said let me leave the joke in and i'll i'll in input a little of my own clip in there was that the joke i was really worried about being sexist yes okay yes. Yeah. yeah yeah and so okay uh, that's what I'm saying is I have a very particular sense of humor and I have a very particular way that I word things. And most people that I know that hear these aren't really on board with it. They're like, oh, that's, you know, pretty messed up. You shouldn't have done that. So I'm saying this on the podcast that it was a hundred percent me. And if you guys are upset about it, first of all, <laughs> don't fucking care. <laughs> Number two, like if you're upset about it, it was me. Like I was the one to add that in. 
Okay. So now you guys are even more nervous. You're going to stay nervous for the next two weeks until Bohemian grows. I was about to say, crops. how long do we have to wait for this one to come out? Yeah. And the funny thing is, these are all in the cloud. So, like, we can technically, technically yeah, go in and listen, listen but right I now. don't. Like, my husband always asks me before they come out, he's like, Have you listened? Did you? And I'm like, yeah. No, I don't because it's like Christmas. I want to wait yeah. and have the surprise. So, so, what you're, so what you're trying to do is save I, face because you're like, I might offend you really bad. No, I was wondering because I recorded it in like, like one shot. I just sat there and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. And the the whole the whole point of saying all of that was to say that you're not a misogynist, you're not sexist, you're like one of the most feminist people that I know, including all the women that I know. Okay. <laughs> so but what the way that I worded it is in classic me fashion of not really giving a fuck what people feel about certain things. And that's how I handled it. So that's that's a hundred percent on me if you know for whatever reason all 15 of our listeners decide to gather around pitchforks and torches outside and be like cancel scott whatever cancel me i'll start another podcast called the deaky freaky and i'll be i'll be competition all right well we're all human and yeah. you know we like to joke and have fun and if you can't handle it then yeah i was kick on over the next podcast i was essentially making light of how if you get offended by something like that exactly how sensitive you have to be to to be that offended by something like that when you know clearly by context alone that it was a miss it was a slip of the tongue is whatever yeah and so i'm making fun of people that get offended by oh, stuff yeah. like that yeah no. so if you haven't heard bohemian grove now's your chance to go back and check it out uh these people will be on board with you these people my co-hosts will be you, you guys are just people in this room uh no see how they, it goes now we're just be, people i'm gonna start doing welcome credits to scott's show end. we're just <laughs> yeah. the people here. yeah scott and two people like you know yeah. when you know when those podcasts are like music and this by this person what if i did that like a four minute credits and just every single after every single title scott walker scott walker scott walker yeah that's that's a narcissist and i'm not that guy yeah this is a group effort Scott's we are like, a team um, you know this whole conversation i've still been stuck on you saying we only have 15 listeners Oh, have yeah. some confidence in no, the mouth. Here's the thing. Yeah, we are growing. It's, it's going up. It's hilarious for me to say that only my mom is the listener because, I don't know, again, weird sense of humor. We but, joke, but I think it honestly, like the, the pressure we feel because we don't want to just, I mean, we're all busy and have jobs and lives and this started out as a hobby and it's yeah. fun seeing it get a little bigger. We're not trying to get fame or fortune or money. It's just... Mm. Well, it's fun seeing that it's actually going somewhere. Is what I I'm want to get out of it. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd clearly, like to quit my job. At some clearly, point. you guys cool. know I want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. My thirtieth birthday was um, last weekend, and my mom, just being the extra supporting mother she is, saved all of my schoolwork over the years and had it like around the room so everyone could come see at my birthday party, and. There was a Martin Luther King picture that I drew and it started out, I have a dream. And I love it because I just think seven-year-old Heather, like there was other kids out there like, world peace. Mm -hmm. I want to do great things. Mine said, I have a dream to be famous. It all makes sense now. I wanted Here to play on the LA Dodgers. Uh, so I, I wanted to be Kings. famous. And that was my thoughts on, you know, Dr. King's great speech. I was worried about my fame. So funny White little privilege. thing no. over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be famous and have a podcast. Totally yeah. my, um, so no, that was just funny. Yeah. Um, but no, we just, this is, it's fun to see the interaction we're getting. It's fun mm -hmm. to see the numbers climbing, um, oh, yeah. having people just write in and send emails, make comments. It makes our day like Seth yeah. leaving his video. It was really cool. Love seeing the review. It's just fun interacting with people. It is. And it's and people the that are these topics. We don't talk with a lot of besides Christian and Scott. I don't. 
talk yeah. about these topics with anyone else, really. We spent a lot of time talking to. about these things before we even started. You know, we would just be sitting around talking about it. When One day, I don't even know how it came up, but Scott mentioned a podcast. And I think I said, I'll do a podcast with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. then I, I it just gone. rolled. Right, yeah. then, right when I said that, it was like, I think we were basically rolling within a couple weeks yeah, of trying oh, to yeah. set it up. Everything happened really fast. Even from when I, I mean, I literally just text Scott like, hey, I like this and I have free time. I'll look for stuff. I had no intention of being on audio, being a part of this. This was your guys' thing. And then like the next day I'm like, Scott added me to a group chat and he's like, no, nah, you're in. Like, this is it. Yeah. We're... Yeah. Yeah. It's all like so. the interaction of like uh, of these subjects is just fun. And to imagine, you know, through the years I've sat with many people and talked about these subjects yeah. and these are fun subjects, even if I am skeptical about a lot of them, it's fun to expand your mind in a way of the possibilities there could be. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's 2021, like after dealing with pandemic and then now how everything is going, like I tell everyone, I'm like, at the end of the day, if this is just me talking with my friends, spewing out nonsense, that's what it is. And it's just fun to do. And mm -hmm. we you, appreciate the support, yeah. the follows, the, you know, leaving a review, any of that kind of stuff. It just helps us grow. And if you want to yeah. keep hearing us, it's, it's just fun to do. It. it is. Yeah. Even when I ramble. Podcasts are cool. Yeah. They are. We're hip. Yeah. So uh, to, to close this out. For the first time. This is the first closeout, right? This now, is the folks. first one. Yeah. There'll be there'll be a couple more. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can cover it all. Uh follow along on social media. We got Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at the freak or at Freaky Deaky Pod. And then Facebook is the Freaky Deaky Podcast. Uh email address if you got an experience or you got some some thoughts on Lazar yourself, shoot it over to the gang at the freakydeaky.com. And I want to give a shout out to Seth. Um, Heather kind of touched on that earlier and I meant to my mind. I'm a space cadet for the record. He's, he's got a YouTube channel. He's a, a customer slash YouTube beard product reviewer found out about the podcast because I spoiler alert, send, you know, postcards and stickers to my customers. And, um, and so he's been really supportive about it. He's been sharing around. He did a, a video review on some products and also gave a shout out to the podcast. So I want to give him a shout out right back. It is Seth and he's got a YouTube channel. Uh, it is Iowa Crafted Beard. So look him up, subscribe to that, and check out that video. It was really well done. I told the dude, I was like, man, your voice is smooth as butter, my dude. You should be on radio yourself. <laughs> I know, and he also has good Instagram voice. to follow. And yeah. so we've been, I, yeah. I even started following that one and everything on his YouTube. And yeah, good stuff. So Appreciate the love. today's MVP was changed from George Knapp to Seth. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. We all agree on one thing. Second close up. Nope. That's it. <laughs> Outro music, go.